Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. Welcome to this week's edition of Pages and Stages, an auditory experience. My name is Joelle and I am your host on tonight's show. I call myself the Vibrarian. I'm here on a mission to elevate, enlighten, and empower with information that I hope that you find interesting and certainly informative. I love having these Sunday evening readings. It's just been just such an enjoyable experience. The way that this show has come about is that there was a book that I read a while ago and it has gone out of print, and I thought it was such a wonderful story that I wanted to share it with people. So that's the idea of reading the pages and stages on a weekly basis kind of was first, and here we are. Now, on the Vibrary Radio Network, I'm bringing as much content as I possibly can forward. I have two shows, the Psychic Inside Show and the Vibrarian Show, in addition to Sunday nights. On Tuesdays, we sit down and talk with people on the Psychic Inside Show and interview and hear about how they discovered their psychic gifts and abilities and what that journey has looked like for them. We've had some fascinating people on the show, and then also uh, people give psychic readings, also sometimes on the air as part of that. And on Thursday evening on the Vibrant Show is a topical discussion. There's no stone that's left unturned. If you have something that you want to talk about, something mysterious or unusual, please tune in on Thursday evenings. Now, you can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Vibrarian, and that is V as in vibration, I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. I'm creating a community of people I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe. We're here to uplift, empower, and basically learn from each other along this a path that we're on in our present day and time. So the story we're reading this evening is called The Turnaround Time by Liz Grauman Nolan. We've been through six chapters so far, and you can catch up on previous stages on the Vibrary YouTube channel, and that is youtube.com slash C slash the Vibrary, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. I won't give any spoilers as to what has been going on. You'll definitely have to tune in. But let's just say there's been quite a lot of action and twists and turns, and I think um, we've been in, in at least three or four different uh, times at this point as the story is unfolding. We've been spending quite a lot of time in Atlantis, and so it's been quite fascinating, the stories that are being read on the pages here. So tonight on our stage, we're starting with Chapter 6. If you're listening on the phone lines, it's 646-668-8988. If you're listening on the lines this evening and you would like to pop in for discussion after tonight's reading, just press 1 and let me know, and we'll have a little bit of question-answer discussion time after the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and so here we will begin our story from The Turnaround Time by Liz Grauman Nolan, Current Stage, Chapter 6. Life in the Midwest. Soul 
loss. It was sundown one rainy night when I felt things changing. My love entered the tavern for the first time. He sat at the bar, tipping his hat to me. I was used to the cowboys flirting, but this man was nothing like the others. A twinkle in his eye caught my attention. Despite his steady gaze, I tried to look away. I lost track of time. Confusion and a stirring in my body had me wobbling. Scenes I did not understand were flashing before me. A white horse, dark clouds, large mountains, many lights, four girls, the ocean, a woman waving. I was feeling the effects of a blast. My love, who to me then was just another traveler, rushed toward me offering a chair, which I graciously accepted. He bent down on one knee as I sat. You will be okay. Take my hand. For just a moment, as if we both remembered everything, do I know him? He left shortly after, and much to my surprise, I could not stop thinking about him. Day after day, while I attended my duties, his face stayed etched in my mind. I felt his hand in mine. I saw the twinkle in his eye, and I heard his reassuring voice. Cowboys often stayed in the rooms we rented above the tavern, which was located between the mountains and the big city. Many cowboys came to meet one another from various towns for business exchanges. Many times personal conflicts arose and barroom brawls were pretty common. My father was proud to provide a space where business occurred between cowboys. He never paid much attention to the illicit activities and conflicts. This was his business and that was their business and so long as everyone paid their bills and respected him, he felt it was okay. My father in the Midwest was actually my new partner from Atlantis. He was quite similar to the way he was in Atlantis, except older, heavier in stature, and now inclined to drink too much. He never fully recovered from the death of my mother, who died shortly after I was born, not to mention the forgotten memory of my disappearance in Atlantis from many lives prior. After my mother died, my grandmother raised me, and my father never gave me much attention except to teach me about his business, which he did with fervor and commitment. He loved that and felt it was the most important thing. He gave me responsibility very early in life and counted on me to keep things tidy and mind the money. Most of the time was spent working in the tavern. I liked learning about the business but had no personal goals. I figured that I would become an old maid caring for my father and minding the tavern for the rest of my life. I never dreamed of a life that would be any different. Breaking Free Things changed quickly when many months later my love came back. He was looking for me. I could tell as his eyes searched the tavern for me. That very night we started a passionate love affair. Long periods of time went between his visits to the tavern, but as the days went on, I knew I was falling in love with him. I felt desperate to be with him. I lived in anticipation of his visits. I tried to resist it, but I just could not. Thoughts of him consumed me. Each time he left, I asked him not to go. He would explain that his work in the world called him. I felt deflated and wondered how he could leave so easily after the loving, intimate moments we shared. 
Hints of resentment whispered within me as once again I felt less important than his calling. Our one soul wanted to unite, but we were trapped in the final conversation from Atlantis, replaying itself even with no memory of it. My father had no idea what was going on between my love and me. I was now glad for his nightly drinking because I could come and go as I pleased. My father was still angry that I left in Atlantis when he was my new partner. Even though he had no memory of that now, he was now expecting me to devote my life to him as a way to make it up to him. Our unresolved feelings from Atlantis kept us both trapped. Memory growing up in the tavern was horseback riding. My father had beautiful horses. I would ride daily early in the morning to watch the sunrise till my favorite time of day. In between visits from my love, I would spend my time in the fields. On one cloudy day after an especially long ride, I did not feel well and had pain in my neck. I lied down on a bushel of hay to rest, fell asleep, and had a recurring dream where I lived in a beautiful round home on a mountain in a magical city of lights. The dream would always end in a storm with me on my horse and I would awaken in a sweat. I woke up shaking with my hand on my neck, thinking of my mother and longing for her comfort. My father never spoke of her, but my grandmother did. She said that my mother was a true angel on earth who loved me more than anything and was put on earth just to give birth to me. I always knew that she was trying to make up for my father's lack by saying that, but it sure didn't make me feel good. I missed my mom so much. I wondered what my life would be like had she lived. Would my father be a better man? Groggy from napping, I had a vision. My mother was smiling at me. She said, this is your special little angel, as she showed me a baby she held in her arms. Placing my hand on my belly, I knew instantly that I was with child. Tears came to my eyes. I laid there for a long time looking up at the sky in gratitude. I was scared. What will my father say? Will my love be happy about this news? The deceased appeared to me regularly. I feared that I was insane because of this, so I never told anyone. No one else I knew in the Midwest had this happen to them. I attributed these experiences to being lonely and having a vivid imagination. It began happening more frequently since meeting my love. Could the pregnancy be causing me to hallucinate? I had no understanding that this was an ability I inherited from the women of the divine order of the feminine. I was unaware that my connection with my love as my twin soul had catalyzed my innate true nature. None of this was available to me. Atlantis was just a dream about a city of lights and these moments when my mother or others who died would visit me were illusions and probable signs of insanity. A few weeks later, I finally told my love I was carrying his child. He smiled, hugged me tightly, and promptly said to me, Pack your things. You are coming with me. I was so relieved. He was a man of his word, and the next morning at sunrise, while my father lay on his bed asleep loudly snoring, I met my love in the field. On this beautiful morning, he arrived on his horse. 
I was eager to leave the tavern, which now felt like an empty life of loss and caretaking. I left my father without notice because I knew that he would try to stop me. Years of living with him while receiving no real nurturance had gotten to me. History was repeating itself as once again Atlantis was living within all of us. We rode for a long time until it was almost dusk. My love pointed towards the mountain far in the distance where the ranch was. It was breathtaking. That will be your home now. I love you and our child. You are my world. On the way to the ranch, we stopped at a midwife's home who was like my mother to my love, who was like a mother to my love after he lost his own mother as a young boy. This lovely woman was not only a midwife who brought babies into the world, she was a teacher. And in fact, she was the teacher, my love's mother from Atlantis. She was kind and gentle with round eyes and rosy cheeks and a little shorter than she was in Atlantis. From the moment the teacher and I met again, we had an immediate rapport. There was an undeniable feeling between us that told me I knew her already, and this allowed me to trust her wholeheartedly. She felt like a safe haven to me. She knew that my love had taken me from the tavern and promised to keep our visit confidential. After a thorough examination, she gave me herbs and put us up for the night. You will be okay. We left the next morning riding on the horse towards the mountain in the distance. I watched her wave as we rode away, thinking of my own mother, who I missed so much. The ranch where my love lived, now my home, was beautiful. Green pastures and picturesque views of mountains and valleys surrounded it. There were many animals, cows, horses, chicken, pigs, goats, and sheep. He gave me a tour. I could tell how much he wanted me to like it. There was a big kitchen with a wooden farm table facing the pastures where the horses roamed. There were several bedrooms, all with amazing views, and a large sitting room with high shelves full of books. I had not attended formal schooling of any sort, but I knew I loved books. I wondered in my mind if I could someday learn to read them. I love it here, I told him. I remember holding our daughter in my arms while my love looked at us with such kindness and joy. He wanted only the best for our daughter, but he was fearful. Since we had eloped, he did not want us in danger from repercussions from my father, any of his friends, or any unknown enemies. I did not know why my love had foes, but apparently he did. My love felt we should homeschool our daughter, who was not the typical dainty female of that time period. She took to the homeschooling. She liked being able to ride her horse any time and have the freedom to explore without restriction or the pressure of playing the conventional role of a female. The teacher came to our ranch daily for lessons, many of which I sat in on so I could learn. Spending time with the teacher and my daughter, learning about the world together was very special to me. It filled the void in my heart from my childhood. While living at the ranch, I spent a lot of time alone with my love while my love was traveling. We were living a low-profile life. Besides not wanting my father to find us, my love wanted anonymity in his private life. He was always afraid that some of the men he did business with would try to blackmail him and hurt us, so he kept us hidden. This was oddly similar to how he felt in Atlantis, 
and I reacted in the same manner I had been, which was to not understand or even want to know why he was so fearful. One early morning, I had a dream that my father died. It was no surprise when this was confirmed. My dreams were prophetic. I had enjoyed life away from the tavern, but I felt sadness because there was never closure with my father. I felt bad our daughter never met her grandfather. And I wondered at times if there could have been a better way to leave. Yet even in this sadness, I did not regret leaving and would not have traded my life on the ranch for anything. Reflections. The Great Shutdown Continues. Life in the Midwest, while I had many delights, was hard because I was not able to come out of hiding. When my love and I were together, it was wonderful and rich with depth, passion, and intimacy. But he was always preoccupied. My love was a man of the world, a cowboy with ranches and businesses. He was primarily interested in trade and earnings. He was smooth and crafty at selling horses and cows and moving about the world. He was also known as a man who would stand up for the underdog and was always involved in one cause or another. He was well-liked among the poor, but feared and disdained among the rich, and had taken the volatile pirate he once was in the fight to a more refined level, but he was not that different. Our daughter and I spent most of our time on the ranch. We were experienced riders, and our daughter was extremely smart. Because I ran away from home pregnant and unmarried to be with my love, I would have been forever stigmatized by the community. So we kept to ourselves and were isolated. Back then, community was everything. If the community went against someone, there was trouble. I had no conscious access to my wisdom or abilities as a lineage healer of the divine order of the feminine. Our denials from the life in Atlantis, the traumatic separation between my love and I, and what happened to him on the dark island caused great emotional amnesia. The veil of forgetfulness made each life seem and feel like the only life and the only existence, so we could not access why we were as we were or who we were to each other. The lifetime of the fight exacerbated our issues because he decided that his presence was dangerous for me and it weakened him, and this was currently causing a push-pull from him in being with me. We experienced feelings of loss and distance from each other, even while together, because these feelings were carried over in our one soul. My love was now a man of the world instead of the son, still driven to help others, but with no real motivation other than his anger at the authorities. I was now a kept woman in hiding with no memory of my true nature. I was mostly interested in the farm life, the horses, and living on the ranch. I enjoyed a simple and natural life. Driven by unconscious pain and guilt in my soul over the fact that I did not help my love off the dark island and instead became a liberer, I was now determined to remain a loyal and loving wife. But inside, I harbored deep, unconscious anger from when I had seen him with another woman. Despite having learned the truth in the spirit world, I had not yet forgiven him or myself. The veil blocked me from remembering our learning in the spirit world. My anger caused problems for us, and he felt he could not get close to me. 
In fact, he had lost so much trust in me when I did not take him back in Atlantis that he did not actually want to get close to me. Deep inside himself, also, unconsciously, he was afraid. I always felt empty without understanding that this feeling was from the soul loss between us. Once twins separate into bodies, if problems and trauma occur that cause ongoing separation, there is soul loss. This is carried to all lifetimes in all interactions. This loss is the basis of the gap between twins, which is the cornerstone of the agenda by the dark ones and the way they get in between twins. Twin Flame Mergence Every now and then in life, there occurs a bleed-through moment where a window opens to the soul. This opening heightens when twins are sexually intimate. The connection is in the sacral center, just below the navel, where the cord of light between them raises the inner serpent within, ignites emotions, memory, and the connection to one another. The inner serpent rises quickly between twins and exposes every emotion. When twins are sexual, their energy fields merge, and this is the twin flame mergence that releases every truth in the one soul since the beginning. The twin soul relationship is a very sexual relationship. It is this sexuality that releases the life force that births the one soul from the supreme creator in the beginning, and that is what is remembered and reignited when lovemaking with the twin. Sadly, it is the separation that is also remembered and causes so many problems later. One early morning after the kind of lovemaking that lifts you to a whole new levels where there is no separation, no loss, and the most primitive yet exalted sensual bliss imaginable, my love went to watch the sunrise outside the window. I watched him standing there. He was still enamored with the sun. He began to speak. I think I am supposed to do something else. Something is terribly wrong, but I don't know what it is. I have everything I want, but something feels off. I cannot remember why I am here. I feel unsure of myself. I don't know why. Allowing him the space to express himself would have been the loving response and and invited him to feel that I could accept him. But instead, my fear took over like a non-stoppable tidal wave. Is he unhappy with me? After all, I have no life of my own. I am living in his shadow, and all I really know is how to serve him. Still driven by feelings of abandonment from Atlantis and his choosing the fight over me, I convinced myself that I was not good enough for him, or that maybe he did not really love me, or worse, maybe I was not good for him. His telling me that something was wrong seemed to confirm this. Despite not remembering my other lives, I was feeling the effects of them. I asked him, are you unhappy with us? Is it me? This bothered him as it once in Atlantis. He felt not only did I not understand him, but now I gave him the added job of reassuring me. He became more irritable as I became more distant. My own inner serpent, triggered by our lovemaking, was pushing me to remember myself. The acceleration of my mystical nature was ignited, but because I did not want to feel, I was stopping this natural process of opening. 
I was starting to feel lethargic. The loss I had of my love in Atlantis was just under the surface. My love did not want to feel his loss, guilt, or his ongoing fear that he would lose me again, as he already had in two lifetimes. He blamed himself for both losses. The gap between us was growing. The great switch from the Dark Island had caused him tremendous confusion. He thought of himself as someone who would help the underprivileged by making a lot of money and giving it to people in need, just as he did once as a pirate in the fight life. He thought that he was doing important work, but this work was not bringing him happiness because it was coming from fear and trauma from Atlantis. It was also, it was not love motivating him to help the underprivileged. Even while together, the feeling of emptiness was growing within both of us and would continue as long as we refused to deal with our true fears. After he left for the day, I tended to my morning duties on the ranch and greeted the teacher. I took a long nap, which was unusual for me. Shutting down the mirrors and triggers from my inner serpent from our lovemaking, I was tired and depressed and fell into a deep sleep. In the dream time, as in the afterlife, I often spent time with my guide, where I regained memory of who I was and what happened in other lifetimes, especially Atlantis. I asked my guide why I seemed to be so different in other lives. Why did I lose my abilities from the divine order of the feminine? Why didn't my love and I remember who we were to each other? It is easy to be yourself when you are outside the veil of forgetfulness and can remember your lifetimes. Without the veil, however, there would be no humanity because to be human is to experience everything and learn it for yourself, which is the only way to grow in the soul while in the body. There are no shortcuts to learning. Spiritual or intellectual understanding in the spirit world does not replace emotional healing in the soul while in the body in the physical world. The learning that happens here will refuel you, remind you of who you are, and build a repertoire of understanding in your soul for when you are ready to remember in the fully incarnated body at the right time. This means only after you have experienced and learned the lessons of yourself, many of which are emotional in nature. Each life is a mirror of the emotional denials and imprints from the previous lives. All lives reflect the first life and the initial split. In Atlantis, you lost access to many abilities after finding your twin on the Dark Island. The great shutdown and the gap between you cause you to begin a long pattern of loss of self. This is soul loss. When trauma and denial cause you to experience the loss of your true self in separation from your twin, once you begin losing yourself and your twin, you live a life from soul loss rather than the one soul, and you lose not only each other, but your true self. Moving from one life to the other, your soul does not forget what it experienced. It records everything. Through a precise law of attraction to the circumstances needed to grow in love, you are magnetized to the next life, which will maximize the opportunity to heal the soul loss. Too often, though, more trauma and hiding occurs, and for many lives, one can continue to be lost. 
When incarnated, the soul retains all emotional memory, everything is recorded, but most conscious memory of prior lives is lost. In between lives, memory is regained and opportunities are given to heal through love and forgiveness and for choosing lives to manifest love and forgiveness. The soul's understanding is released at the right time through the timer within and only when the life lessons will not be interrupted. The goal of every life is always to choose love. Many years passed in the Midwest. Our daughter grew to be an expert writer. My love died before me, but I do not remember what caused his death or my own eventual death. I only recall sitting with my guide on the bench in a life review. So much was swirling in my mind. Wondering about our daughters from Atlantis, I realized the child in the Midwest was the youngest daughter. Where is she now? Where are the other daughters? Where is my love? I felt so sad. My guide knew what I was feeling. The children are well, each on their own journey. They have traveled with you from Atlantis into other lives at different times. You will reunite in the turnaround time. You abandon your gifts in Atlantis after you blame the women of the divine order of the feminine for letting you down. The great shutdown closed you off to yourself. You decided you could no longer trust your guidance because you felt that you should have known what was coming and they should have warned you. When it all fell apart, you decided that you could not trust yourself or any guidance ever again. Delivers came to you then and began implanting their truths. Delivers would not have had any power over you if you had not held on to fear. This fear is how the Dark Ones infiltrate humanity. The Dark Ones only have power that is given to them. They have no power of their own. They feed on fear. Neither the Supreme Creator nor angels or guides can heal the darkness that has come onto the planet. We can only share our love and wisdom. All of mankind needs to choose love over fear every time. We do not interfere in your choices, for you have the gift of free will. Look back at your life and acknowledge every time that you chose fear over love. See the ripple it caused, a long domino effect, a karmic roller coaster. This can be stopped at any moment by choosing love. You cannot change the past, but by changing the present, you can heal it. Once again, as in between every lifetime, I felt drawn back to Atlantis. As usual, my guide let me drift in and out of my travels and memories, pulling away I no longer felt her. I drifted away to the place I call home in the City of Lights, remembering time with my love on Mother Mornings. Chapter 7 Mother Mornings in Atlantis The Mother Long before the final conversation, I loved the mornings in Atlantis watching the sunrise with my love. His intense connection to the sun fascinated me. He would stare at the sky and say, if only people knew the magic in the sunlight, as he shook his head, glassy-eyed. We sat in the morning sun on our large multi-level patio overlooking the endless mountaintops for what seemed like eternity. 
My love enjoyed sharing truths from his time in the sea school with the elders from the ancient brothers and sisters. They knew what the Supreme Creator intended for life on earth. They called it the code for human life. My love felt the duty as one of many keepers of the code to protect the ancient brothers and sisters. They taught him much about creation and what had been intended for life on the planet. As my love spoke, there was grief in his tone, for he knew too much about what was going on in Atlantis now, which was completely contrary to the principles of the code. Because of this, he felt he had to protect the ancient brothers and sisters and all the people, and this was the mission that consumed him and eventually led to the final conversation. My love called the masculine side of the Supreme Creator the Father. It felt to me as if he had an intimate pipeline into the Father's mind. He would go on and on. The Father never meant for so much building on the planet. The Father never meant for any means of energy but the sun. The Father did not create the darkness that is taking a hold of the land. The Father knows our hearts better than we do. He has faith that we will choose well. I have to help him. I, in turn, felt a strong connection to the mother of everything, whom I called the mother. I felt she was the father's partner in the feminine aspect of the supreme creator, and that our world was a creation made from the love between the mother and the father. My love would nod and say, oh yes, that is exactly how it is. But I always wondered why he would not ask me more about the mother. I assumed he was not interested. It was as if he knew that the mother was important, but something stopped him from wanting to talk about her. Because of this, I felt that he did not really want me to express myself much. For example, I knew how important the moon was, but he was so focused on the sun that I never mentioned it. I also secretly felt that love would heal everything, and that he and I loving each other was more important than anything else. Yet I sensed his mission was more important to him than us. I thought I had to accept that rather than voice my feelings. I take responsibility now for not expressing myself more, and had I done so, we may have unified and aligned, and our love could have helped the people he wanted to protect. I was waiting for him to ask me about what I knew instead of sharing it freely because I felt inadequate as I did not really understand the father's intention the way my love did. I related mostly to the mother, but since he seemed uninterested in her, I took that as a sign not to speak about her. My love was so passionate about the father that at times I feared he was more interested in a relationship with the father than with me. I desired an ongoing connection with my love, and I guess you could say back then I felt he was the sole connection I had to the father. So I gave him the admiration and attention I thought he wanted as he spoke about the Father, hoping it would bring us closer and perhaps also include me in this special relationship he appeared to have. I did not know that all these feelings came from our initial split into separate bodies. The loss of my masculine yang, half, in him now felt separate from me. I did not know that he was feeling the same in reverse, disconnected from his own feminine yin half in me, separate from him. We did not realize that we were one soul all along, even while separate, 
and that I could access the yang within me and he could access the yin within him, which meant having a deep communion with each other even while in separation. The truth is that I needed to be myself and share openly just as he did. He needed to understand the mother just as I needed to understand the father, which is something that I never considered. He needed me, he needed to understand me, and I needed to understand him. But he felt that he had to be in charge now because the world was so different than how he learned it should be in C school. He felt a duty to keep the code, forgetting that harmony in our relationship was the key. I did not realize that this was actually very difficult for him and that he wanted my help, too afraid to ask for it because he thought he should be the all-knowing, strong male. And I figured he was the teacher, especially because he knew about the dark ones from the time he was spending as a cross warrior in the embassy. I had shut down all awareness of the Dark Ones since my childhood when my parents would forbid discussion about them from their fear, which later became my fear. Figuring he knew more about the Dark Ones and the state of things, I ignored my own self most of the time and looked to him for most things. I never considered that it was me who needed to come forward unprompted by him. This fear of stepping into myself as a woman and speaking from a place of knowing at a time when men were supposed to know more than women only furthered the gap between us that had been present since our initial split. Born into a culture that was quickly putting men in charge, we fell into the agenda by the others through their puppets, the dark ones and the libbers, who were actively preventing men and women from working together. This eventually led to the final conversation when all we really wanted was to love each other. Most of the time I sat back letting him talk and lead and I held back my feelings, thoughts, ideas, and wisdom as a woman of the divine order of the feminine. Sadly, it was through many lifetimes and strife and separation that I learned to be myself, which eventually unified us. To unify with my love, I had to come from a place of truth in myself fully and completely, share all of myself, and put my needs, views, and feelings on the same level as I put his. It especially meant not looking to him to be my connection to the father, but instead teaching him about the mother through being myself and forming my own connection to the father. This also meant that I had to love him not for what he brought to me as a man of the sun, but also for what I brought to him as a woman of the divine order of the feminine, reflecting the feminine side of the supreme creator, the mother of everything. The ancient brothers and sisters told my love in sea school that twins in full physical union was what the supreme creator intended and that this was necessary for keeping the planet healthy and balanced and was the natural order of things. Yet neither of us knew how to actually do that. He thought protecting the people was the answer. I thought keeping myself at bay and pandering to him was my role. I always figured that my love would fix everything. Life after life, he would save me from adverse circumstances. I never knew I had equal power and that we were the same but opposite and needed to work in unison. 
I also did not know that being equal to him meant being fully myself as the feminine half of us while not dismissing his role altogether, which is what the livers wanted. I especially did not know that once I became myself, I would actually free him. The Feminine Rising Remembering Mother Mornings, I was reminded that the mother was within me. My guide on the bench, where I again found myself, nodded and smiled as she began sharing her wisdom. In the turnaround time, everything from Atlantis will reverse itself. Darkness will leave the planet, even while it appears darker than ever before. It will be a time of balance in creation, and all yin halves who desire to be at one with their yang halves can assist the planet in healing through the feminine rising. The feminine is called to hold space for the masculine by being truly feminine, be soft, be strong, be open, be love. For all yin halves not yet in a relationship with the twin, you are gifted time alone to become yourself fully, for the feminine has to heal to rejoin the masculine, and this can only happen if you reclaim yourself and stand up for who you are. You can find yourself by asking the mother, not the livers, to show you the way. You will know it is the mother because only she will show you how to love and open your heart and urge you to take responsibility for your part in the gap between you and your twin without blaming your twin or anyone else, not even the dark ones or the libbers. You will have to spend a lot of time apart from your twin to become yourself more. When you are with your twin, if you are not yourself fully, your twin, as the other half of your own soul, will sense this and feel compelled to move away from you. Twins are repelled by inauthenticity in one another. The twin-soul relationship can only thrive when each person is fully himself and herself. To be with the twin and stay with the twin, you must be in movement towards wholeness. Anything less will create separation. You must feel whole as a half and then surrender to the irresistible urge as a half to merge with your twin. If you are not your true self, it will be very difficult to be with the other half of your soul because your other half will directly mirror the incompleteness you feel and move away. If you are lying to yourself in any way, you have already moved away from your own self. Thus, your twin will mirror you exactly and move away from you, mirroring what you are doing to yourself. For this reason, if you are separate from your twin, you must look at yourself fully and become more honest. This means total emotional honesty all the time. It means living a truly authentic life and feeling everything without judgment. The twin will mirror the state of love in your heart. Therefore, if you do not love yourself fully, your twin will not be able to love you fully. Developing self-love is the key. Looking to the twin to change instead of changing yourself will halt the twin connection altogether. The twin relationship is built on each half, taking full responsibility for themselves.
Senior Sky School, Chapter 8. In the meantime, my love and I went on separate journeys for a long time. The gap between us had grown so much that we were not together for many lifetimes. Being apart gave us time to develop, but it also created more separation and caused us to create complex karmic patterns with other partners that we later had to heal in order to be together. Every life apart added something to each of us, but in other ways, it took something away. When in separation, twins meet in the dream time. The soul always goes looking for itself once the body is at rest. My love and I would meet regularly at the senior sky school, the next step after sky school. Meetings were always with the same tribe originally from Atlantis, many of whom would incarnate together again and again to be way showers for each other in times of need and to assist each other in remembering long-forgotten truths, lovingly helping one another to stay on track through the greatest of challenges throughout life in the physical world. In senior sky school, everyone attended with their twins, whether in union or not in the physical world. It is a condition for attendance at the senior level. These meetings helped maintain a connection between twins and were a way for souls to feel nourished and supported by their twin, their tribe, and the many wonderful guides. Being in senior sky school was a reprieve from the denser energy in the physical world where there was energy field disruption from the dark ones and ongoing pain when in separation from the twin. My love and I always gathered in the same magical picturesque place where there were small ponds filled with large families of ducks lined by trees of many shapes and sizes. Everything was lusciously green and fertile with flowers blooming everywhere. Guides walked around, mingling with twins and teaching great truths. Sets of twins walked hand in hand, sitting at times, caressing one another at other times, quietly speaking with each other. It was a natural, casual, and calming environment. There were ongoing teachings by guides. Each visit began with a review of the basic principles taught repeatedly to help manifest union between twins in the physical world. The same lessons were taught many times to give opportunity for full integration in the soul. It was the dream time during the turnaround time in the physical world while our bodies were restfully sleeping, many lifetimes, long after the final conversation, the fight, and the life in the Midwest. My love and I would meet in senior sky school. We always sat together on our favorite stone wall where a babbling brook ran under our bare feet. On this night, we looked at each other while hearing the guides speak to us through our minds. We loved being together yet apart from the others so we could tune the teachings out or turn them down and converse with each other instead. In senior sky school, information was absorbed even when not actively listening. My love looked very sad and hopeless. I sensed the tiredness in the depth of his being. I took his hand tightly and held it. This commingling of our energies allowed our one soul to merge, refreshing and calming the separation angst present in us from life and separation in the physical world. I knew my energy would help him. We heard the truth being spoken as we felt the warmth of our love filling us by being together.
The presence of your twin soul bears your soul completely. You cannot hide from each other. Your twin will mirror you in a more exact way than any other partner, for you are one soul. Your twin is a barometer of truth for you at all times. Your twin will reflect the state of love in your heart. If you do not love yourself fully, your twin will not be able to love you fully and may stay away because he or she does not feel loved by you. Loving yourself, you cannot love your twin because you are one soul. Looking to your twin to love you in place of loving yourself is impossible for you are the same soul and your twin feels what you feel. Developing true self-love is the key. If you are not loving yourself, your twin, whether you have met or not in the physical world, cannot fully love themselves either, for he or she will feel that a part of him or her is not loved. You are one. Everything felt within one twin is felt in the other. Looking to change the twin instead of changing yourself will halt the twin connection altogether because you are looking outside instead of within. You are one soul. Start with yourself. The twin relationship always starts within. The twin relationship is built on each person taking full responsibility for all his or her decisions, feelings, and choices. One must see the twin as a mirror and not the cause. When your twin is resisting being with you, go deeper into becoming more of yourself and live a life that is authentic, genuine, and emotionally transparent. For the twin that is waiting, wanting, and missing the other twin, the best cause of action is to focus on self-love and self-healing while holding a loving, welcoming space for your twin to feel safe in returning when they are ready. Know that your twin is reflecting you somewhere inside of yourself. Seek to discover why. Allow your twin the time needed to heal and grow in self-love. You are each half of one soul and whole at the same time as two physical expressions of the same soul, yin and yang. The more that you self-heal and love yourself fully, the more you are you, the more your twin will be irresistibly drawn towards you. Healing the twin relationship within the heart and soul of each person has the ability to heal the entire planet one soul at a time. United twin souls transmit powerful, great love. Twins that unite express their original purpose and calling as a united pair which affects everyone around them and restores the planet. Reunification with the twin is the fast track to enlightenment because you return to yourself in the truest state. What is enlightenment on earth? Knowing that you are the physical expression of one soul as an individualized half and that you are not only connected to your twin, but also interconnected with all souls as you manifest the nature of the Supreme Creator in the form of complete love in the body, in the physical world. It is all about love. Remember and remind others there is another half of your soul out there that longs to return to you. The teachings faded. I knew something was wrong. My love spoke to me. 
I don't want to do this anymore. I hate being apart from you. I don't want to go back. This is too painful. I cannot stand forgetting who we are to each other in the physical world. I do not feel comfortable in my physical body. I hate it there. Hearing his words, I saw and felt his desperation and fear. I felt scared, too. I love you, and I want to stay with you. I felt the same way he did. But I also felt a duty to go back to the physical world and finish what we started. He pleaded, I think we can stay here if we want to. My love was finding life in the physical world unbearable. We were not together in the physical world, and he was lonely. He had a large, bright energy field and carried so much of the force field of light within him that his body was too small to contain it. He was used to the expansive Atlantean energies and larger physical body that gave him more space and aligned closely with the energy of the Supreme Creator. He felt compressed and limited now. He had chosen a solitary path in the turnaround time and had vowed not to have any children of his own anymore after multiple regrets in other lives, especially and most importantly, his leaving in Atlantis. He was living a stifling life. He wanted to ensure that he would not become careless through his anger like in his other lives. He was trying to find his way back to me and carefully planned a life to maximize that opportunity and ensure his unhealed anger would not keep us in separation. I had my own unhealed anger, and neither of us really understood how to heal any of this. The guys talked to us about love and forgiveness, but we did not know how to heal this in the physical world. After so many lives in separation with much loss and anger and the infiltration of darkness that was now deeply embedded on the planet and our lives, we no longer even noticed the presence of darkness. Everything seemed dark most of the time, and we were used to living in fear and had not been together in the physical world in a long time. The Atlantis Reversal Atlantis, the home of our initial split, had laid the foundation for all the issues played out in every lifetime. We had reached the turnaround time, and now Atlantis had returned, but was reversing itself. We did not understand this reversal yet. We did not know this meant that things were repeated, but in the opposite direction. We were going backwards in order to move forward. We were going back down the same road, but in the opposite direction, so that everything would be re-experienced and could be healed through love and forgiveness. The Supreme Creator's decision for the planet to serve as a home for only love was the reason for the turnaround time. Once love would be chosen through the hearts of every person, there would be no more darkness. We began in union in Atlantis and moved into separation. Now we would move from separation into union, closing an open-ended loop. We knew all this, but did not really understand the importance or believe we could really heal ourselves in the physical world. Seeing my love this miserable was horribly painful. I wanted to stay with him, but I knew that would mean death to our physical bodies because we were in the dream time. I knew we had a destiny to fulfill. I was to birth our children from Atlantis, but now they would be fathered by my new partner with whom healing needed to happen to finally move forward. 
This would be a reversal from Atlantis and provide an avenue for healing, love, and forgiveness for all of us. In Atlantis, I had gone from my love who fathered the children then to my new partner. Yet now I would go from my new partner who would now father the children back to my love. The cycle would be complete. We would all have a second chance to heal fully by this opportunity to feel, heal, and grow in love, re-experiencing the same things but in the opposite way where compassion and understanding could grow by seeing the perspectives of others and feeling what they went through by going through it ourselves. I knew my love wanted to stay in the spirit world. I considered staying with him, but I could not get the faces of our daughters out of my mind. And in a moment of clarity and insight, I eagerly said, let's go back. I put my hand on his heart. Wait a little longer. Let's not give up. I know that I will be a devoted mother and will not easily jeopardize the family life of the children to get back to you. But in time, I will come for you, just as you came for me in Atlantis. I promise. I said this knowing that in the Atlantis reversal of the turnaround time, now present, where everything happens in reverse, meant that I had to come for him now. The timer in my soul would push me to act from love, and I would eventually be led back to him. We will be together this time and stay together. We will bring the family together. Finally, he smiled. Yes. That ends Chapter 8 this evening, and this has been Pages and Stages. My name is Joelle. I'm the Vibrarian. Thank you for joining me for tonight's stage of the Turnaround Time by Liz Grauman. Nolan. I'll be back again next week with another episode. And if you would like to catch up again on previous episodes, please do check out the library on YouTube. And you can catch up with chapters one through five. And tonight we were able to get through chapters six through nine. We are over the halfway point of the story, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate your time and sharing this story hour with me. I wish you all of the blessings that you can possibly have to overflowing. And the light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.